watching here, and this is the sound of Black and Brown. And I have to tell you, I'm highly, highly incensed. Oh, I can't even breathe. I'm so mad, right? And why am I? Because I heard, and it's shown in the New Haven Independent as well as other news outlets, that the mayor of New Haven, once again, is attempting to sell the idea that New Haven is a real sanctuary city. That's bullshit. I'm here to tell you that is bullshit. It is complete and utter nonsense. It is tomfoolery. I don't even know what other word to use aside from cussing and being annoyed because this is an insult to the immigrant community, especially those of us who have been fighting to make New Haven a real sanctuary city, you see, because most people don't realize there's a lot of moving parts to New Haven being a sanctuary city, okay? And, you know, what happens and often happens um, is that the mayoral campaign is used as a way to portray this illusion that, you know, immigrants are safe in New Haven. Immigrants are not safe in New Haven. That is bullshit. There is no part of New Haven to the exception of two spaces. Let me let me rephrase that. Right? Hey, Amy, morning. Girl, I'm mad. And you know when I get mad, it's like the words can't come out fast <laughs> enough because <laughs> I'm pissed, right? And I'm pissed again because, you know, New Haven, the mayor of New Haven is alleging that New Haven is a real sanctuary city. I'm calling bullshit on that. Because if it were, then we would not have a problem with immigrants being part of the Board of Alders, and we definitely would not have an issue with immigrants serving on the Civilian Review Board. Now, hey, Manny, I see you on the chat. Before I, I, I put Manny on, because I'm so glad he could join in, this is great. We have a young you know, activist. He's fierce. And I just want to share this before he takes the mic and share his thoughts, because let me tell you, he's about to unload, y'all. He's about to unload. Now. Check this out. Back in April 2020, a group of us at the time was myself and Unidad Latina, all of us, we proposed an ordinance to make New Haven a real sanctuary city. I have the document. It's dated April 18, 2020. All right? Okay? And on here, let me tell you, let me just read some of this for you real quick. Take this in. An ordinance to establish procedures concerning citizenship status, policing practices, enforcement of federal immigrant immigration laws, and the disclosure of confidential information. Whereas the city of New Haven is committed to promoting the safety of all people who live here. Whereas the city of New Haven depends on all persons both documented citizens and those without documentation status to achieve its goals of protecting life and property and resolving disputes. Do you hear that line? Do you hear that line? This is why, oh, Manny, Amy, I'm trying to control my blood pressure, but I can't because immigration reform is near and dear to me. I am tr from Trinidad and Tobago. I came here undocumented. I have to go through the process. We fought Hard and we continue to fight. There's nothing to play with. Let me read some more, right? 
Whereas the city of New Haven recognizes that all persons, both documented citizens and those without documentation status, must feel comfortable in interacting with city officials or employees and that their cooperation is needed for the safety and security of the entire community. What level of fuckery am I hearing? Why would Dusted Elliker wake up and say, well, New Haven is a sanctuary. I just need to write a couple of things in. It's bullshit. Now, without further ado, Manny, take the mic. Let's hear what you think about this right here. Yeah, well, uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Your voice, you're like, ah. <laughs> here we go again with this. Here we go. <laughs> and let me tell you all, he's the polite one here. Do you understand? <laughs> I will do the cussing. I will do. He's very respectful. Don't don't listen. Don't don't mix up Manny with me, please don't. <laughs> but I really want you all to hear it because as he will validate, he was right there with us when we were making these demands. Am I right, Manny? Yes. Yes. Correct. That is definitely so, true. What do you think about Dusted Elliker's latest thing? Because you know now he started to come out and say that you know he's running for mayor again. But I want you to start first with, is New Haven really a sanctuary city? Educate yeah, um, so I, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, when we <laughs> say sanctuary city, like, um, I, I, think, I think a lot of people, you know, will probably take on the standpoint, well, it's a sanctuary city because, you know, um, uh, ICE isn't allowed to just waltz in here and, and deport. Yeah, you know, undocumented immigrants, right? And, okay, sure, there's one point, but, but, that doesn't necessarily make this a true sanctuary city, right? There's so many other things that should be incorporated to make this a sanctuary city. Like you said, you know, undocumented immigrants should have the same opportunities, as everyone else does. If this is a sanctuary city, then they should not be withheld from being part of opportunities within this city. You know, yes, it's great, you know, that, you know, ICE can't just waltz in here and, and, and take them. Sure. But really, what difference does it make when we say, okay, you can stay here in the city, you know, you're quote unquote protected, but here we are, we're going to withhold all of these amazing opportunities. You know, and so that's that's what takes away from the authenticity of it being a sanctuary city. Well, here's the thing, right? So you joined in right when I was reading the proposal that was written by myself, Megan Fountain and John Lugo. All right. And I, I feel proud to call those names out because this is something that we and I'm pretty sure they're probably roasting right now because this happens every election cycle. You know, talking immigrant rights is like the go to for the bullshit. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, we love immigrants, but they just can't stay here. And what we're going to do is we're going to gatekeep the fuck out of them and we're going to make it seem like we include everybody, but we're going to function exclusively. So let me reread something here. So for those of us who just joined in, 
this ordinance was written and proposed to the alders of the city of New Haven back on April 18th, 2020. And for more information, um, you know, you could reach out to the Board of Alders, you could ask them their thoughts, please feel free to do so. Now, that being said, right, this ordinance was written um, and proposed by us, and um, it, sorry, it was proposed by Dial Brackeen and Eli Sabin, right? It got a lot of pushback because of what it includes. So let me start it off again. So it starts off as an ordinance to establish procedures concerning citizenship status, policing practices, enforcement of federal immigration laws, and the disclosure of confidential information. Whereas the city of New Haven is committed to promoting the safety of all people who live here. Whereas the city of New Haven depends on all persons, both documented citizens and those without documentation status to achieve its goals. Okay, so by that sentence right there, we're asking you to include us, nothing about us without us, you hear me? Nothing about us without us, all right? And those without documentation status achieve its goals of protecting life and property and resolving disputes. Whereas the city of New Haven recognizes that all persons with documented citizens and those without documentation status must feel comfortable in interacting with city officials or employees and that their cooperation is needed for the safety and security of the entire community. I'm gonna pause right there. I'm gonna pause right there because right now, as it stands in the city of New Haven, I can't talk on Hamden because that's a whole other, that's a whole other situation. As far as I know, to date, New Haven is the only one that has had this discussion and taken it as far as proposing an ordinance. I don't know for certainty where Hamden stands on making itself a sanctuary city. On that front, I will say. Hamden are even thinking about it, which is even more bullshit. But I'll also say this to you. Hamden will not do it until it's like a reciprocal effect. So when New Haven becomes the sanctuary, then we'll see Hamden talking about it. You see this in all the other stuff that they do. It's a pattern. You know, and we see that in the policing itself. Well, yeah, Greta, you're right. Hamden won't do shit. Now, Manny, I'm going to read this sentence to you again. And you were also part of the conversation yesterday. We were joined by J1 Carter. Thank you, J1, for taking time. You know, he spoke very objectively, right, on, on this matter and, you know, and truthfully, right? Because the truth is, um, no, I don't think Stanford has an ordinance. But the truth is, you know, the candidates, all of them, every year this comes up and every year we hear all the talk. And that's why I'm pissed the fuck off because we wrote this shit and it went nowhere. So, Manny, I'm going to read one, two, three, these lines, and then I want you to chime in based upon what we spoke about yesterday. Whereas, this New Haven, New Haven introduced the Elm City resident card in two, 2007, which allowed all New Haven residents to obtain government-issued IDs, regardless of immigration status. And whereas, the New Haven Police Department issued General Order 06-2, providing, among other things, that police officers may not require inquiry, sorry, about immigration status, and whereas all New Haven City officers and employees should receive analogous guidance with respect to information related to immigration status, and whereas 
a number of other jurisdictions in the country have enacted policies or laws recognizing that their officers and employees should probably play a limited role with respect to matters relating to immigration status. Now, yesterday in our discussion, I, you know, you know me, I have to ask these questions. And I asked and I pushed for it. And he recognized that this was actually something that wasn't happening, meaning Jaywan. Why aren't we seeing, or why is it so hard to have the immigration, immigrant presence on the board of Alders and the CRB? If we're about all people, now my understanding is on the CRB, there are two members of this New Haven Civilian Review Board, if not more, who objected, blatantly objected to immigrants, undocumented immigrants being part of the Civilian Review Board. Likewise, on the board of Alders, okay? One of the Alders kept saying it's not germane it's not germane to talk about that in the meeting. It's not germane for this to be brought up. Fuck that. It's germane all the time. Now, Manny, take it from here. What do you think about that? Because in my opinion, for what we asked for, now just so you all understand, this ordinance was proposed. We did everything we could to get it passed through, and they found every reason to delay putting it in effect up to and including acting like they didn't get the email. And by they, I'm referring to the Board of Alders. It's very conveniently germane. You understand? So Manny, let us know what you think as a younger person and all of Yeah, well, you know, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, um, you know, when I spoke about the CRB and, um, you know, how there's so many limitations placed right and so it significantly decreases um you know the the efficacy of entities like the crb right and, and what they're able to accomplish and what they're able to do um you know again we see these same limitations in so many different areas and today right we're talking about the limitations placed on undocumented immigrants Right. Um, and, and that is something, I mean, I've been on the front lines for, I mean, I've been, you know, with ULA, I've been with the Samia Collective, I've been with, you know, initiatives like uh, Husky for, you know, immigrants. I mean, I've taken this to several cities <laughs> across the state, right? Um, and, and just calling out, you know, that double standard, right of oh you know we want to protect the undocumented immigrants and we want them to feel welcome and we want to you know have them here but then when they try to create successful lives here when they want to be part of opportunities when they want to do things like join the crb when they want to you know have open discussions with elected officials and and contribute ideas well then it's a whole different story you know and, and that's something that, I mean, I just myself cannot stand for. I mean, I can't just sit around and, uh, I mean, just, just allow that to happen, you know, because how are you going to promise these mass group of people a better life, safety in the city, for them to feel welcome, for them to build lives here, right? And then when they want to be positive contributions 
to their communities, to their cities, you know, and, and they actually want to do the same things that we are able to do, you know, as, as documented citizens, then then you you turn your head the other way, you know? You tell them, no, you can't. No, it's not possible. No, stay out of it. You know, it's it's, it's so there's that double standard, right? You say you're welcome. You say, you're, you know, feel, feel comfortable here. We, we were welcoming you here with open arms. And then when they want to contribute and, and they want to be part of society, pretty much, well, then you just outright deny them that, right? So why, why is it? And see, Greta just said it perfectly, right? If they are welcome, why do they not get representation? Exactly. Because, you know, when wait, they whoa, 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 let's pause right there, Manny. Let me just vent this piece right here. You, you know, I'm pissed for various reasons, right? I, I proudly say as my, my good friend and comrade Rhonda says, I'm an angry black woman and I'm not ashamed of it. But I'm the angry black immigrant one. And you see this ordinance right here that I'm reading off of that we wrote on April 18th, 2020. This is actually a revision of what we wrote prior to COVID. So I just want to make that absolutely clear. This right here, what I'm reading was drafted by myself, Megan Fountain, John Hyro Lugo. Okay. We came together, we wrote this shit. And before and after COVID, when I tell you all, that they picked at this thing, man, oh man. Like when we first proposed it, they said, well, you gotta update the language. They picked at the dumbest shit, right? And why? That's gatekeeping. It's gatekeeping. How the fuck you gonna have so many immigrants in this city, right? Working people, who's cleaning up the streets? Who's picking up the shit? Who's working the hours nobody else wants to work? Don't get me started. Don't fucking get me started, right? And as far as Manny is concerned, I can attest because we stood shoulder to shoulder fighting for the rights that he just described. And people don't realize that it's not an easy fight. And the part that pisses me off, amongst other things, is that when these actions do get published by the media outlets, such as the New Haven Register, Everybody, now take a minute to look at Megan Friedman. Let's all turn and look at Megan Friedman for a second, right? Because when these matters get reported on, of course, they try to butter it like bread. Of course, they try to make it seem like it's all set. What's your thoughts on that, Manny? Because you've been out there. And let me, let me just say this, preface this before he takes the mic. We're talking about a young person who would have been in school. So he's juggling his academics and all those requirements. And I just wanna make it really crystal clear that even though he was out on the streets and he was there as he should be, it did not affect his academics at all. If anything, it inspired it. Manny, you as a younger activist, let's travel back in time and help people paint the picture for them what it was like doing immigration advocacy yeah um you know i i mean i remember i remember attending these events right um you know and uh being there talking about why i mean even i mean 
it's the simple fact, why are we even discussing why, <laughs> you know, these uh, neighbors? I'm not even, you know, because I don't, I'm not going to call them undocumented immigrants. They're my neighbors, right? They're, they're people in our community, right? I, I would, I look at them as I would look at anyone else, right? So why my neighbors are not afforded the same rights as me, right? And I remember being there in these events and they, I mean, there's a, there is a beauty that they bring to the community, right? They bring culture. They bring a sense of, of dedication, of passion. I mean, you see it, you, when you have the conversations with them, I, I, as I did, you know, you, you not only can feel, right, the passion but also the angst, right? That they are, they realize that there is a double standard happening to them. That yeah, they're being told they're welcomed into the city, but then when they start to talk about all the opportunities they tried pursuing, but then were denied from pursuing, I mean, it, it, you'd have to be heartless to not feel for them as you're having these conversations with them as I did. You know, when, when I was, I remember talking to a lady and she told me how she came from another country here and, she, and she's been here for uh, years in New Haven. And, you know, she's a, a single mother and she's tried to apply for jobs and, and, and opportunities and different programs, but was denied simply because of her immigration status. But in New Haven, where this is a supposed sanctuary city, right? And and I remember seeing the tears well up in her eyes as she was telling me this. And again, at me being, I mean, at the time I, I was I was 16, right? It was about two years ago. And hearing that and seeing it, I mean it it made me want to fight a hundred times more, you know? And again, that's just one conversation out of the so many that I've had throughout the years, right? And so, I mean, I remember that, right? Seeing the beautiful culture of the gatherings and them with their dancing, the cultural clothing, and then going to Hartford, right? And, and, and when we were talking about Husky for immigrants, right? Going up to the Capitol, and, and, and protesting there, right? And seeing so many of, again, what I'm calling my neighbors, right? Gathered there, telling their stories, right? About how the lack of, of uh, opportunity to have healthcare affected their lives, right? How it could have saved some of their lives. Right, we're talking people who have conditions, who have certain, uh, you know, disabilities, right? And because they don't have access to healthcare, it took so much from them, right? And even going back to, um, you know, being with the uh, Samia Collective here in Fairhaven, uh, when we're uh, marching for uh, also Husky for Immigrants, and Mayor Elliger was there. And I remember he was there and I and uh, I went up to him, you know, and, and 
I he he went on the megaphone, right, and said they stood in solidarity, and he, you know, this was an amazing cause, and and he believes in the same cause. But then, you know, after he says that, he's gone. You know, <laughs> we did the march. Uh, from Fairhaven all the way to downtown. Wait, 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 right wait, to- wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you-, <laughs> you thought he was going to stay? That's hilarious. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I know he wasn't. <laughs> Let me I say still- something. <laughs> <laughs> My belly. Now, look, this is the same guy who came to an Unidad Latina meeting, right? Right before we made this proposal. This is what I'm saying. That ordinance that I'm reading off of is a revision of the original. And I, I want to give a special shout out to Unidad Latina because they have been pushing for years, not days, not months, not weeks, not minutes, not seconds, years to make New Haven a real, real sanctuary city. And the blocking has been real. I want to give a shout out to our former older who braved the waters with us and he really tried and they thanked him with gaslighting and gatekeeping and i'm talking about daryl brackeen i want to thank eli sabin because he tried too and he was floored by how they kept pushing back i mean it was so ridiculous right and of course dusted elliker will show up and say all the white things and tell all the white things and all of that horse shit right you know uh, as Greta is saying, he's visiting his mom in New Canaan where he ran a little tot on two acres of pristine grass. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious because it's true. Because he literally, so for all you all in East Rock and everybody else out there in Westville who are diehard Elliker fans, let me tell you something. When it comes to this right here, and I want anyone who is participating in the New Haven general elections to understand something. Don't just believe what they're saying when they bring up the sanctuary status of New Haven. Do your research. Education on this is really, really critical because the ask that we put in this ordinance proposal was very targeted for a reason. I have also have and continue to do rapid response work. As I mentioned yesterday, we have our own railroad. When we know that someone is at risk of being um, you know, detained. We have to do, we get into action right away. And I appreciate all our allies, some of whom are on this call, who help us with that work. Because until you've done it, until you've had to do that, right, you don't know what this feels like, okay? It is really something else to see what we have to go through and also to know that the people that we're protecting, when you find out what they're being um, detained for, you're going to be like, what? It's not what you think. We're not talking about ICE coming for the real, real hardcore criminals, like the one who do the big money laundering or, you know, or per se, you know, rapists and, you know, people like that. And I'm not saying that those people should be protected. Don't misread me here. But they come after and they target the people who really, what they should be saying is, listen, you've been working in this country for so long. Let's figure out how to legalize this situation. Now, Manny, your background, right? Your background itself, you come from an immigrant background, okay? You live in the part of the city 
as you mentioned, you're surrounded. You're surrounded. Now, what I find interesting about your area, right, and I'm going to push it here. So if you can't handle it, get out the kitchen. And I don't mean that to you, Manny, because it's about to get real right now. For those who don't know or did not know, police in that area, Fairhaven, the way they respond to the crime is really something else. It's really like they show up, they watch the shit unfold, and then they're like, all right, okay, who should we arrest now? Can you talk to us a little bit, Manny, about the policing and how that looks in your area, what you've noticed and what... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, Jeez. Don't yeah. go back, Manny, uh... go for it. This is a free space, this is a safe <laughs> space. And we are encouraging you. <laughs> Listen... Yeah, uh, uh, Fairhaven. I mean, I I take with 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 a sense of pride, right, in this community, and, and a sense of uh, kind of overprotectiveness, right? Uh, because for anyone who doesn't really, you know, not really familiar with the neighborhoods in in uh, New Haven, uh, Fairhaven is essentially quote unquote, you know, undocumented immigrant central, you know. Uh, and that's how and wait, pretty Manny, much the rest of New Haven. Wait, Manny, let's not forget. Let's add a piece in there. I want to clarify something on his behalf. Not just one set of immigrants. We're talking like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like West Indians, Africans, yeah. Indians. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Very, very. Very, and, and, and you know, very even gets from the other neighborhoods gets... You know, I, I've heard it. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times throughout the years. You know, gets a, a bad reputation uh, regarding the people here. But t- to live here, you experience so many different beautiful, beautiful cultures. Um, I mean, you hear the music, you see the different, uh, you know, cultural clothing that people are wearing walking down the street. You, you see the parties and the gatherings, and it is the most beautiful, I say it's a mosaic tile of New Haven, right? And it's just so beautiful. And so I've had multiple events here in Fairhaven, right? Um, and... I, re- I remember one I did um, probably two summers ago. Um, and, it, you know, we were doing a giveaway um, right around um, Grand Ave and uh, Ferry Street, the corner over there. And, um, you know, as we were setting up, right, to, to start the event, we were setting up, you know, all the items. I couldn't help but but notice a police officer harassing this individual who was just standing there waiting for the event to start. And you know, I later on. Are you serious? I'm. Oh, I'm so serious. You know, I'm I'm, not surprised. I'm being sarcastic because. You know, people. I'm so glad you said that because this is what I'm talking about. People don't realize the harassment we endure. And let me tell you something else while you're in that space. Let me just say this so people understand. It's to the point that 
they even infiltrate our groups and you know they try to destroy the movement because they see the power in it i like doing work in fairhaven because it, it's beautiful right it really is beautiful and you see solidarity in its true form because in comparison to events i've been at in front of the city of new haven city hall right whenever we would do because at one point and manny you were right there with me so i have a witness in the house i was standing right there at the corner of grand ave ferry street handing out food you understand me and you would see a different set of people what do i mean when we go in front of city hall all the white people show up but see when we go where we live at our people show up and it is beautiful like he said there's more to us there's the art there's the commitment to justice there's the love for one another you get to see humanity at its finest right and i dare manny that has impacted your organizing absolutely absolutely because how could it not right and i mean i'm saying that to say you see solidarity let me just say this too okay when it comes to immigrants organizing i hate to tell you all we're heavy hitters we come from a culture where we challenge supremacy the people get up and stand up we see that in colombia we see that in trinidad tobago we see that across the region so when we migrate and we come here you think we're not going to do that you think we're going to just sit here and say oh look at that racism let's press rewind no and guess what we use our art as our protesting believe it or not if you look at our artwork right from paintings drawings to music you'll hear our cries for freedom okay manny can you talk to us a little bit about how you're being latino or latinx i should say how has that you know come to be part of your organizing because one of the things that i love about you is that you don't ignore that you know what i'm saying because for the uncle toms and the coons when they start to get the attention they forget where the fuck they come from but i've watched you maintain your stance and i've seen you talk about climate change i've seen you talk about the police brutality i've seen you even talk about the gun violence and at no time have i ever heard or seen you ignore the cries from the immigrants so to me that means that you hold that near and dear can you talk absolutely and that's something i decided early on when i first started my work um you know being an advocate and activist um that i always tell myself i will never lose sight of is my heritage my culture right um because that like you said it happens as as you move forward and you gain reputation and you the the spotlight hits you a lot of people just disregard where they come from disregard that connection um but no i i could never you know and um and every time you know i organize these events or i attend these events it reminds me right it reminds me how powerful that connection actually is right cuz i could say yeah I, you know you're right i could sit here i could talk about climate change i could sit here i could talk about gun violence i could talk about police brutality and everything right but i also i also to me 
I feel I have an obligation to talk about these cultural issues, right? To talk about the problems facing undocumented immigrants, to talk about the problems facing people of color, right? Um, just, just because it's just the principle, right? Um, and so, you know, I and and really, there's there's always one event, there's one moment that I always credit that that drive in me to to never lose that connection. When I first started out, actually the first year, the first year that I started out my advocacy work. Actually, now that I think about it, it was the first moment I ever spoke in front of an audience. I was, um, I think I was about, it was a few weeks before my 12th birthday. Uh, and it was at the Amistad Awards. And that was the first time I ever spoke in front of an audience. And I sat there in front of the audience. I mean, you know, this little Hispanic kid. That's all they saw, right? This Hispanic kid getting in front of the microphone at the Amistad Awards. And I told them what my dream was. I told them what I wanted to do for myself, that I wanted to speak out, that I wanted to be an advocate and everything. And after that, you know, I, I mean, I received a standing ovation and a lot of people supported me. But as I was nearing the exit, this white man approached me and uh, he came to me and he told me, I'll never forget this. He came out to me and he asked me if I was a documented citizen. What? And then, and and before I could even answer, he says, he says, because you know you cannot do anything in politics if you're an undocumented immigrant. Wow! And he says this to a twelve-year-old. So he says this to you, recognizing that you're twelve years old. So he couldn't give a fuck if your mother was there or nothing, right? So he right. just said this. You know what? And he he it sat there. Yeah, he actually because you know. He says, you're not allowed to do anything in politics if you're undocumented. And, and in that moment, it's like everything happened so fast, but it was also slow motion. And in that moment, I could have done either two things. This is what happened in my head in that split second. I, this could, I could react two different ways. I could, one, just be kind of submissive and say, okay. Or two, this could be my first instance of standing ground. And well, as people have now known me to do, <laughs> stand my ground. And I sat there in front of him and I said, I'm very well aware of the rights that this country affords its constituents. I said, and Good I said, well, you. lucky for me. Good for I you. said, I'm a, I'm a documented citizen. I said, I'm a natural born citizen of the United States. I said, so I won't be having a problem doing what my dream Good is. Good for you. Seriously. Good for you. Because right then and there, you know, that level of disrespect it is not surprising to me. Let me just share some more from, again, I'm reading off of 
the um, ordinance which was proposed to make New Haven a real sanctuary city, which was written, drafted by myself, John Hyrule Lugo, and Megan Fountain, right? Um, and proposed by Unidad Latina, as well as a few other groups, right? Now, one of the things that happened, as I previously mentioned, was that it was a back and forth with the language. The language in this was a fight. And even after we made all the recommended changes, and probably some we did not change, they still didn't think it was germane, okay? Now, section four, I'm gonna read this piece here from the complaint. We wrote, complaints of a violation of this ordinance shall be received and investigated by the manager of human resources and benefits of the Department of Human Resources or an independent review body, which, you know, the CRB, Civilian Review Board, would be considered to be that. Complaints of a violation of this chapter of an employee or any other city department shall be received and investigated by the Director of the Office of Human Resources. The results of any investigation shall be provided to the complainant in writing within 90 days of receipt and of the complaint. Complainants and witnesses shall not be required to provide their immigration status at any point during the complaint process, and no investigation of the immigration status of the complainant and witnesses shall be made by any city personnel in the investigation of such a complaint or thereafter. Now, language is important. You see how exacting we were? Do you see that? Now, I'll go on to the section um, to say we wrote a part two to that. An employee of the city who violates this ordinance may be subject to disciplinary action, such as oral reprimands, written reprimands, suspension without pay, and discharge under appropriate union contracts, civil service commission rules, or department work rules. Reporting, the manager of human resources and benefits of the Department of Human Resources or an independent review body shall be responsible for compiling reports detailing complaints of violations of this ordinance every six months. Every six fucking months, we want to hold them accountable. You hear me? And this is why they didn't want to put this into law. Because I can proudly tell you, we made sure every word in here, I'll give credit where credit is due. We made sure that we, you know what? You know what? We have to hold them accountable. And you see, this is why, as I discussed yesterday um, with Jay Wan, it's important for people to understand what's really going on with the Civilian Review Board because New Haven has had its share of disappointments. We form these things, they sound all white, they look all white, and it does not serve the black and brown people, right? Now, Manny, you shared your thoughts on the effectiveness of the Civilian Review Board yesterday, right? One of the things that we touched on briefly was the lack of representation of the undocumented population. Why do you think that that would be a problem to people to have undocumented people on the Civilian Review Board as well as the Board of Alders? I mean, it's, like I said, it's that double standard, right? Um, and, and this is something we've seen just in, the, in this country. I mean, you know, even take it out just the history of this country is that when a group of people and, and let's be specific a group of a people of color have been given what, what we well what i would call given an inch right <laughs> forward 
the people that had you know that are responsible for giving that inch don't want to give more than that right because they know just how effective we can be when saying that we, when we say we want to and not change when we say we want to actually do things they're not just words to us a lot of times we put action to those words to those commitments to those promises right and so i can only imagine i can only fathom that if people like our undocumented immigrant population were given those opportunities to be on the board of alders to be on the civilian review board right this is something i've noticed is that a lot of our undocumented immigrant population that have come here right or just even throughout the country because they come from places where they had to rebel against supremacy where they had to rebel against oppression where they had to make those tough decisions and they really had to rely on their own dedication and perseverance right in order to create better lives for themselves and their families they're not easy to sway in their goals and commitments and so when you put people like that into positions of power and positions where they can make changes and again they're not easy to sway now they're a threat because when you have someone who's in a board of order position who or just any elected official position or on the civilian review board right where let's be honest people are swayed from from their real goal from their real purpose right of representation of of enacting change of doing what's right for you know the constituents and we see many times that they are swayed from that i i can i mean i can almost bet on it that our undocumented immigrant population if they were put in those positions because they have that resilience because they know what it's like to go against oppression to go against supremacy to not be swayed in their actions they can enact so many changes and stick to those commitments regardless of any outside you're factors. damn right you're damn right and that that <laughs> is the threat right there that's it that's it. because you see again our culture is to oppose the oppression that's a culture thing mm-hmm. right i i could firsthand tell you that i grew up in a country where from our music to our food, to our, you know, you know, poetry, you know, our art, our drawings, our sculptures, there's always that link to our oppression. You see those images in what we produce and what we challenge. Now, I'm about to read something by um, 
Now, I'm going to tell you all, if you don't like what you're hearing and it's burning your ears, you might want to sit down and think about what solidarity means to you. I'm going to say that part because this piece right here, I'm about to talk and quote a heavy hitter. Ernesto Che Guevara, back in 1967, he wrote, well, this is a speech of his, uh, create two, three, many Vietnam's message to the tri-continental. I'm going to urge you in your spare time to read this thing. Because yesterday, I, I read another piece, and this is, you know, toward what was happening then in terms of what America chose to, you know, be vested into and who they used to do that, meaning the black and brown soldiers, okay? And I really want you to take this this whole thing in because, you know, there's a lot of things that he says here that's still true to today, right? I'll read a piece here. I'm going to just pull a couple pieces. Under the discredited flag of the United Nations, dozens of countries under the military leadership of the United States participated in this war with the massive intervention of the U.S. soldiers and the use as cannon fodder of the Southern Korean population that was enrolled. On the other side, the army and the people of Korea and the volunteers from the People's Republic of China were furnished with supplies and advice by the Soviet military apparatus. The US tested all sorts of weapons of destruction, excluding thermonuclear types, but including on a limited scale, bacteriological and chemical warfare. All right, look, there's been a rumor that COVID was meant to destroy the black and brown people. And if you do your research into how COVID was treated in countries like Africa and India in particular, right? you'll find out that's not so far from the truth. Because historically, that's what they've been using. They don't no longer use guns and bombs. Now, it's biochemical warfare, right? That's a real, real thing. They infiltrate our communities and they try to kill us out by any means necessary. Tell, let me tell you, I'm talking from experience. I've, I've had to experience it. I've had to experience a white person pushing me out of my own space. And they use their gender as their tool, okay? These people will stop at nothing. Just because someone identifies as doesn't mean that they're not biased or racist. People need to understand that. We need to stop letting these people just, you know, excuse their way into our movements, take them over, and then push us out. Now, going back to the city of New Haven, right? You know, over the years, I've seen many come and challenge the sanctuary status of New Haven, and they keep pushing back on us. That's not being done by mistake. That's being done by design, as Manny just said. If we are involved in the Civilian Review Board and the Board of Alders, guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen? We're going to actually be able to be at the table and share our stories, concerns, and be part of what? You hear me? Be part of what? So, Manny, let me ask you this then. As it stands right now, from your perspective, what do you think and what should happen to improve this, both on the Board of Alders and on the Civilian Review Board? What would be your ask of both of them? Yeah. Um, you know... <laughs> Knowing me, right? I will speak personally. What I would do 
So I would get on every single one of their nerves. <laughs> Until they could not possibly take it anymore. <laughs> um, and, and asking, and not, no, ju not just asking, demanding. Right, because at this point, it shouldn't even be an ask. It should have already been done. So I'm demanding, right, that they themselves need to come up with the proper legislation, with the proper ordinances, with the proper words, right, to allow our undocumented immigrant population to actually have the same opportunities that we have, that they have, right? If we are going to name New Haven as a sanctuary city, then in all aspects, it doesn't need to be a sanctuary city, right? We're not, we cannot, we cannot continue to call New Haven a sanctuary city when our undocumented immigrant population is left out of so much of what happens in this city. That cannot continue on any level, whether that's in the workforce, whether that's in local politics, whether that's healthcare, whether that's, you know, opportunities to be part of different city initiatives and programs and any aspect, right? If this is going to be a true sanctuary city, then the elected officials and the people in power who have the ability, because we all know they have the ability to enact the proper procedures and, and, and the proper provisions to allow for our undocumented immigrant population to really establish their roles here in this city, they need to do it. And it needs to have been done, I mean, really a while ago, but as of now yesterday. And so, you know, I mean, I, I'm, go I'm going personally, to keep putting the pressure, to keep having our undocumented immigrant population show that they are, they not only they are, but they can even more so be such beautiful, beautiful contributors to New Haven's growth, to New Haven's functionality, right? Because that is the truth. That's the truth. We're not making this up. We're not just pulling this out of, out of a, a magician's hat. It's the truth. There is so much that they can contribute to New Haven to help it be better, to help it grow. But only if we allow them to seat at the table. You're damn right. And then, You're damn that's right. all it takes. Let me tell you, I'm going to read another part here from our friend and great leader, Ernesto Chevaro, someone that I quite admire, if you didn't know or didn't figure it out, right, in his message to the Tri-Continental. The fundamental field of imperialist exploitation compromises the three underdeveloped continents, America, Asia, and Africa. Every country has also its own characteristics, but each continent as a whole also presents a certain unity. Our America is integrated by a group of more or less homogeneous countries, and in most parts of its territory, U.S. monopolist capital maintains 
and absolute supremacy, puppet governments, or in the best of cases, weak and fearful local rulers are incapable of contradicting orders from the Yankee master. The United States has nearly reached the climax of its political and economic domination. It could hardly advance much more. Any change in the situation could bring about a setback. Their policy is to maintain that which has already been conquered. The line of action at the present time is limited to the brutal use of force with the purpose of thwarting the liberation movements, no matter what type they might happen to be. The slogan, we will not another Cuba, hides the possibility of perpetuating aggressions without fear of reprisal such as the one carried out against the Dominican Republic or before the massacre in Panama. And the clear warning stating that Yankee troops are ready to intervene anywhere in America where the ruling regime may be altered, thus endangering their interests. This policy enjoys an almost absolute impunity. The OAS is a suitable mask in spite of its unpopularity. The inefficiency of the UN is ridiculous as well as tragic. The armies of all American countries are ready to intervene in order to smash their peoples. Now look at that. You telling me that doesn't still ring through to today? Of course it does. Che knew what he was saying. He knew exactly what he was talking about and it's still happening today. Because as Manny just said, if they really wanted us, now, did they walk around and they say these words, diversity, equity, and inclusivity? See, Dustin Elliker is, you know, mapping out his platform as being the white savior of all white saviors, much like his friend Lauren Garrett. This is what they do. They use the movement as their footstool, and then when they get into office, they just put it under the rug. And we're tired, and we're not going to stop, right? We're not going to stop. And it, guess what? For those of you tuning in and asking yourself, how can I help? How can I make this end? What can I do? Listen, I appreciate you all joining all the different chats, groups, and all that other stuff. But what we really, really need you all to do is to say, today is the day this stops. Have the conversation. Don't just show up to the protest and say that we matter. Go to work and mean it too. Go into the community and mean it there too. When you see the wrong, Say it's wrong. Stop this attack on our black and brown people from the activists to those whom the activists shout out for. This is real, okay? Just recently, a group of undocumented immigrants and the group which was leading them, Unidad Latina, showed up at the Board of Alders meeting and were told to get out. These people showed up at the meeting to demand that their voices are heard because why? The gatekeeping is real. You think they set up these processes and shit by mistake? Of course they don't. They do it so that they could filter through their interests, right? If we really had a sanctuary city here, we would not only just have two churches where people could be safe. It would mean that I could walk the streets without fear. It would mean that we would be spending less money on military equipment and more money to make sure that our streets are really safe, habitable, and look good. And our schools don't look like friggin' jails. All right. It would mean that we actually give a flying fuck about affordable rent. And we, you know, we have time. We put our time where it's necessary. 
and not just do all these things. Because really and truly, if you're claiming to be a Democrat, but you're pushing the police in, you might as well just come out and say you're Republican. That's how I see it. Now, before we close out, I have to touch it, Manny. I got to touch it. Considering this matter here of New Haven being a sanctuary city, do you feel, in your opinion, any of the current candidates for Mayor of New Haven have really proposed anything or doing anything that speaks to that? And if not, what should they be doing? Mm. Yeah, you had to touch it. <laughs> come on now. And I'm, let me tell you, I'm going to come back again with the sound effects. I know you just heard them. We're going to clap and everything. So hit them with it because I want to hear it. You know what I mean? Because again, I don't know about everybody else, but we're tired of them using our movement as our footstool to get elected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I've been listening to the conversations that the candidates have been having. No, I I can say that with certainty. I've not heard anything. I've not heard anything tangible when it when it comes to addressing this problem. I've heard so many other issues brought up, and and honestly, just the same issues every election year, <laughs> but not this one. And this is one. I mean, honestly, to me, I feel like an entire mayoral forum should be held on just this issue. Forget, I mean, just put all the other ones to the side on this one, right? And um, yeah, no, I haven't heard. I haven't heard any of the candidates actually offer any. I mean, any steps, any resolutions, any proposals, anything to address this. Um, and that's disheartening. It is because you are leaving out an entire population of this city. That I, that's just what it is, right? You're leaving out an yes. entire population. You're absolutely correct. And not only that, right now, I was told that more recently, the current mayor of New Haven at one of these alleged forums, and I say alleged because it's so cute how they ensure that. Not everybody knows about these forums. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'll just throw a lot of shade. In case you didn't have an umbrella, I just gave you one, right? <laughs> now, <laughs> the thing about it is, on top of that, here comes the current mayor, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm about to sit here right now and write an audience. You're full of shit. You're full of shit. I just told everybody you already have an audience, an ordinance. Sorry, can't even say the word right. See, this is when I get that mad. I get that fucking mad. I speak in tongues. You already have a fucking ordinance, motherfucker. You didn't have to sit there, but you see, because the cameras were on and you had the publicity, you're going to do what you need to do. You're going to paint the white image so it all seems okay. Because I don't know if people knew this. The CRB was in formation and active and functional, but yet Randy Cox situation happened. You understand? And I'm going to say something else that's a little dangerous here. For the black people tuning in who say, well, why are we always talking about immigration reform? Guess what? You're an immigrant, too. You weren't born here. I don't know if you knew that. But this is your fight, too. And let me tell you something else. When black and brown people come together and organize, the government gets really nervous. So when you sit there and you isolate these matters, police brutality and immigration, you're doing exactly what they wanted you to do. 
Tell me I'm wrong, Manny. You're right. You're right. Right? Isn't that how it goes? When you have one yeah. set of people fighting for the police brutality. And let me tell you something else. The white people do their part in that shit, too, because here's what they do. They start to pick and choose which one they're going to support because now they're overwhelmed. Guess the fuck what? I'm overwhelmed, too, by racism, by oppression, by white supremacy, period. I don't have time for you and your shit. Figure that shit the fuck out. Just like I had to figure out how to be oppressed in this shithole, right? How to live and still smile while dealing with oppression. You need to figure out how you're going to, you know, fight, really fight this equity here and the inclusivity and the diversity that you claim and belonging that you claim to care about because when you do that when you sit here and you pussyfoot around it and you say well i don't you know i don't know how and you know i don't know what to do you just help the white supremacy go on on it rip it like a fucking band-aid all this bullshit about reading books and shit is horse shit fuck that too okay there was no book to teach us about how to be a slave you hear me we just had to learn how to fucking cope with it so put on your grown-up pants and let's get some shit done that's how i feel about that manny how you feel i, I listen i'm like saying amen over here <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that was beautiful that was that was well said. <laughs> because we need to stop. Because when I speak like that, you know, I should not be afraid to express myself. Mm -hmm. I should not have to endure an article written by Megan Friedman, published by the New Haven Register, about me parting ways with an entity that was gatekeeping and gaslighting me. And you should not be publishing my picture and my name. Mm -hmm. Okay. Megan Friedman was very much part of a lot of what we just talked about because of course she's a reporter. She claims to care and she claims to want to report things objectively, right? She showed up there too, but what did I say a couple of days ago? The New Haven Register is the modern lynching tree and the journalist is the rope, okay? Cause she damn sure switched gears when she needed to, right? The fact of the matter remains this, stop using our movement as your footstool for your fucking campaign. And if you're gonna sit there and mention these words and concerns. We need you to have a plan of action. There's no more room to just say, well, yes, if I get elected as mayor, I'll hire more police. That is not the answer. Now, Manny, I, I know you're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share with our friends here, what's your thoughts on that little band-aid that they use when they say, oh, to address the crime, we're gonna hire more polices? Oh, jeez. I, I feel like that's, I mean, that's the entire culmination of the six, seven years I've been doing this stuff. <laughs> it, it's to point out the fact that no, that's not the solution. I, literally six, seven years I've been doing this, been offering, I've been speaking about, oh, I can't even, I've lost count how many solutions I've proposed <laughs> when they're talking about crime and and all the issues happening in the cities right and that there there are actual solutions right there are actual solutions to a lot of these things and nowhere nowhere in what the words i have said 
did the words of more police come out? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, if someone could find any article where I'm quoted saying more police, I I mean, well, I'd, I'd have to I'd have to wonder if I have a, a twin out there or something that's been <laughs> getting news interviews <laughs> on my behalf <laughs> because I don't think I've ever said more police no. was a solution. And to, I could attest to that. And there's no bias here. I've never seen this young man talk in favor of more policing. What I have seen him talk is you all need to pay attention to the climate and you need to pay attention to how you treat people. Now that I've heard him talk about, but this is what I'm saying, right? And this is why, you know, when we talk like that, when we speak our truth, don't think that there's not a reaction. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's Newton's law, if you didn't know. All right? Don't get mad at me because I have purple hair and I know my shit. That's your problem, <laughs> not mine. Right? <laughs> okay? Now, uh, Manny, before we close out for today, thank you so much for joining us. Today's conversation, Solidarity Has No Borders. I hope you saw that in this conversation because it really doesn't. There's no borders in solidarity. It's only put up there when we put them there. And this is why I have no problem and I am shameless in reminding white people, you created the fucking problem. Solve it now. Solve it. I have no tissue for your issue. This is your problem, not mine. All right? I'm not going to refer no fucking book. I'm not going to tell you to go to no class. You need to rip the shit like a Band-Aid and deal with your biases as they are. You understand? When we get, um, you know, when we have to deal with the racist, I should say, when we show up at the grocery store or we're driving down the street or wherever we're at and a racist approach us, there's no book for us to deal with that. There's no book for the gatekeeping and the gaslighting and the, 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 the plethora of emotions that you go through when you realize that that knife is in your back because some asshole doesn't want you to get up and stand up. There's nothing that, you know, and, and don't think that they don't do this shit in different ways. Believe me, when these people want to keep us back, they get very fucking creative, very creative, right? Whatever they could do to dissuade our enthusiasm for what we're doing is what they will do up to including removing your security from right under you. What am I talking about? Your opportunities for advancement from education to jobs to housing. They will fucking do that because they will work together and then they'll smile on TV and act like, I don't know what, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't, what is she talking about? But they know what they're doing. That's why I say we have some Democrats posing in high spaces who should really be Republicans really and truly. All right. Trump did not get popular out of nowhere. And Connecticut was a red state for a long fucking time. Manny, before you leave us, any closing? Um, just the overall uh, uh, sentiment that I've always, uh, for as long as I've been doing this, have really emphasized is I've always tried to ensure that no matter what topic, no matter what issue, I was talking about that I made it real clear that all of these issues are interconnected. And that is why I always urged everyone who ever listened to me speak that there are no issues that solely pertain to you. Right. And like you said earlier, 
how people try to separate issues. Why should I care about immigration? Or why should I care about this or that when it doesn't affect me? I've always made it clear that even though you might think it doesn't affect you, I guarantee you it does because all of these issues are interconnected. And so that's why I always urge everyone that no matter what the issue is, if one of us is oppressed, all of us are oppressed. That's it. I don't know about you all, but that deserves a hell of a round of applause. That just came out from one of the voices of our future. Do you hear me? Are you listening to that? If you didn't, come closer and hear that again, right? A young man just came up here and he's sharing his thoughts, right? Um, and I'm sorry if you don't identify as my mistake, but you know my point that I'm trying to make here. You know, here's one of our youth saying that, you know, this is how we deal with this. You know, and this is someone who has endured their fair share at a young age. It's really disgusting, but it's true. And that speaks to what I've been talking about. Solidarity has no borders. I want to really thank all who tuned in and who continue to subscribe, share, and empower. Your solidarity is greatly, greatly appreciated. Please continue to do so. Um, we look forward to having another conversation again, Manny, because you're definitely coming back. That's all I have for now. Fist up, smile on.